The answer to the great question yes. of life, the universe, and everything yes. is yes. is yes. Yes. forty-two. This is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the RC Roundtable. Joining us on a very special episode number 42 is Terry Dunn. Hey there. And Lee Ray. Howdy ho. So what makes this episode so special? Because it's 42. Uh, your Hitchhiker's Guide reference? Yes, yes. Hopefully we'll provide the answer to life, the universe, and everything, at least record, regarding model airplanes. <laughs> we can only hope. Oh, can only hope. All right, so new products, new products. One thing, another surprise from E-Flight. We've got a T6 Texan, a new foamy from them. You guys see that? But you did. You did. You know you did. And oddly enough, I heard about this from my neighbor. Really? Who said he was winning. Yeah, my, my neighbor flies a, a visionaire around and about. <laughs> and we were just talking, and he said his he thinks the next plane he's going to get is this Texan. Interesting. He said the main, and I said, why do you like it? He goes, the color. <laughs> 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 it's silver and blue. Yeah, he's, he, really? he's attracted to that color, but uh, yeah, he's playing. It's funny because uh, the silver and blue is, I just thought, just okay. I didn't think anything spectacular about it myself personally. Uh, but it's nice to see a T6 Texan out. Um, now, that they've had one before. In fact, I have one. The I guess they called it 25E. It's all wood instead of foam that came out some years ago. You guys remember that one? What color was it? Uh, gray and red, I believe. Hmm. Okay, it's actually yeah, pretty yeah. nice. It's it's one of their, I guess, all, when they were building wood kits. This is all wood retracts. It's a nice set of flaps set up on it. And what's interesting is I was comparing the specs. And this new foamy T six is fifty seven inch wingspan, uh, and coming in they're saying about sixty ounces. And mine is actually slightly smaller at 54 inches, but several ounces heavier. So I thought this was interesting. They've got the new one is got like 50 square inches more wing area, yet is lighter than my old foamy, and uses a, a three cell, a lighter battery pack than mine. So it's interesting that they've tried to reduce the wing loading and I guess make it more floaty than mine, which is not really all that floaty. Although it's decent, but it's not a, uh, you know, you can't sit there and flutter in the breeze with it. You got to fly it like you mean it. Terry, have you ever had a Texan? Um, you know what? I don't think I have. For no particular reason. Yeah, me neither. I do see a lot at our clubs, and especially at like Warbird events. There's a, there's several guys like at Bomber that that bring them. But. Uh, yeah, the only reason I have mine is I got one used. Somebody gave me a deal I couldn't refuse, and so uh, I needed to repair it a little bit. But I flew it around. It flies a pretty good authority, uh, but it is kind of snappy. you got to be careful. On the stall, it'll drop a wing pretty quickly, or if you're too aggressive on the elevator, it'll snap out on you. And apparently that's pretty common with T6s. Uh, so I, I saw on the thread that... I guess one of the designers or somebody involved in the design came in. And that's one of the things they were talking about with this new one was they wanted to keep it really light and keep it really mild so that um, it wouldn't have any of the bad habits that apparently T6s are prone to having. So I thought that was uh, interesting that they were really trying to make this a good design. So uh, according to looking at the videos, it seems like it flies pretty good. And a little faster than I would have thought, seeing that it just has a 3S 2200 in the thing for such a big plane. And it didn't look that big, but yeah, I mean, it, it does look peppy. That's... Have y'all ever seen the Aeroshell team fly with their AT6s? No, I can't say that I have. If you've ever seen the Aeroshell team, the thing 
besides it, it's, you know, it's a tech suit, is the noise it makes. <laughs> you, you swear they, they took the exhaust manifolds off because they're the loudest players. <laughs> yeah, glass so, pipes. Well, well, that's I'm exactly not... what I said when I had the mute button. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> they're so loud. Yeah, so I was going to say, you'd have to get a sound box and put a 1,000-watt amplifier <laughs> in it to replicate that sound the AeroShell team makes. Yeah, get the supersonic prop sound. Oh, man. Be all set. Yeah, I think I have a video out there uh, I may have put on uh, YouTube fits when I was out there at Oshkosh. So I'll have to send you the link and then you can en- enjoy <laughs> the, the sound. And also, they fly at night. They put LED lights in their cowl. So when they're coming down the runway, you see the cowls all lit up. It's pretty neat. I'm waiting for an airplane that's like a foamy where you put the lights inside and it, it lights up the whole airplane. A full scale. Oh, oh, gotcha. oh okay. Yeah. That would be interesting. But I agree with Fitz. This is a big airplane for a 3S 2200 or 3000. It's a big airplane for 3S. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's nearly 60 inches. Okay. I'm just looking at this guy holding it. But, it, I mean, it has a lot of features, too, so it had to be a little bigger to to fly all that because it comes with retracts and flaps. I guess they're split flaps, like the real thing, one big split flap. Yeah, it looks like it's one big flap in the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's how the real one is. Interesting. Yeah, on mine I noticed with the big split flap, it has generates a lot of downforce, especially when you get into ground effect. That flap is really effective in in, uh, in ground effect. Oh. Do you have to do a lot of elevator mixing? Mm, not that I recall, uh, but I, I typically when I set up flaps, I use a the feature in the radio that slows the servos down, so they're not. You know, too, so it's not an abrupt change. Yeah, it's not such an abrupt change. So it really mixing. I very rarely have to use much mixing in my flaps. Okay. And I don't try deploying them when I'm at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> That's half the fun. Right? <laughs> Slow down, then deploy the flaps. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, guess no, what? I, wonder if, hmm? I was wondering if this one copies the color scheme of a current civil. T6. Yeah, this is, well, not a civil one, but this is an actual T6 that was used as an observation plane in the Korean War. Okay. So this was an actual paint scheme. I think it had a different designation, but uh, this was an actual paint scheme for some sort of squadron. I forgot the name of it. They explained it somewhere. Okay. And there's some pictures online of the real one. All right, cool. And there was actually an attack version of the T6. That was exported very briefly. With like South America or something? No, I think, um, I'll have to look again. But it was some European country, I think. And then once the Germans took them over, they canceled the order. But <laughs> yeah, an actual, I think, maybe a more powerful engine and some guns. Interesting. But. Yeah, well, interesting to know what kind of gun setup they use on that. Yeah. Maybe in the cowls or something. Right. And didn't the Australians make a fighter version? The C-50? Hmm. My history is sketchy. Yeah, I'm a blank on that. Yeah. But yeah, there's just a lot of variations in history on the T6. So you can really go anywhere. Yeah, it actually might have made a pretty good attack plane. You could put a rear gunner in it and throw some bombs on it. It's and funny. Make a, lot you, a lot of noise. A lot of noise. Terry, you know, it's funny that you said that because I was just trying, trying to grab the Wikipedia page to look up the history of it. And the first link that I was looking at when you said that was it's a variant link and now I'm on a a T6 Texan variant page and my gosh <laughs> there are tons of variants of this plane I mean T6A T6D T6H KN1 SNJ1 <laughs> I mean wow, it just goes on and on and then there's one called the Harvard variant that's a Canadian one isn't it yeah that's crazy <laughs> lots of different ones is there a canard yeah. one <laughs> Not yet. It's you just picking a pusher prop and just turn around, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty neat. Yeah, pretty, pretty neat. neat. So I don't know when they're shipping these things, but uh, oh, early December. So maybe just in time for Christmas. Oh, Place your order now. Yes. Oh, Lee. Guess what? Oh no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sense. Wait, hold on. I'm feeling it's got safe at AS3X. Hey, ding, 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 ding. You get a cookie. <laughs> But it doesn't have like return to home, so the safe is more of a uh, keep it from banking too yeah, crazy. And, it's a bank limiter, know, yeah. You know, a, a feature that everybody's going to turn off <laughs> <laughs> right away. Just like 
Now, does this come uh, ready to fly or just bind and fly? Yes. It's both? I believe there are bind and fly and um, plug and play. Yep, okay. here we go. Bind and fly is 270, plug and play is 250. Okay, good. So, it, you know, I'm just going back many episodes. It looks like they're starting to do away with the uh, included transmitters and kind of get people to invest in a better radio, which is the right move. Stop using those silly transmitters. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. So, Lee, do you remember when we met? Involve <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long a walk, long walk on the beach. The there. sun was setting, <laughs> cool breeze in the air. Our eyes <laughs> glanced over each other. Uh, yes, you're thinking of a different tune. <laughs> yes, at best, I remember meeting you at best. So what's the, what's the story, Morning Glory? What do you re- what do you remember? Because you well, know, I don't lately exactly. people don't remember everything. Forty years <laughs> in the past, <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but. Did I approach you? Because you and <laughs> This is not getting any better. <laughs> oh, stop. You're, you're the dominant one, Terry. <laughs> you were doing Aerotoe, right? Uh, with uh, Wendell, yeah. I could have been, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Wendell. And that's that's why I introduced myself. And so soon after, you and I began doing Aerotoe, and we were using an easy glider as the glider. Uh-huh. My easy glider. Or do you, you had yours too, I'm sorry. No, I think it was just yours in the beginning, and based on those initial experiences, I bought one. And I still have it. It's the original, unpowered Easy Glider. Okay. And as and you man, know, I still have mine. Yeah, it's been put through lots of abuse, and it doesn't seem to care. And apparently, while you and I were off playing with our normal Easy Gliders, Multiplex has been making other variants, several in fact. And now they're on the Easy Glider 4, which I just got. And it is a brushless-powered version. And although the airframe looks pretty much the same on the outside, there are some differences. It's, um, I would say it's been enhanced in a lot of ways. So it's a nice kit. Well, let's talk about that. Because when you sent this link and you were, you told me you were in the Easy Glider 4, 4, and I'm sure you felt the same way when you saw that you were reviewing a 4. I was like... What has been in between? Well, I, <laughs> I I pulled up the site and all I could find was the Easer Glider Pro. Yeah, you know, and that's the only other variant I was aware of. Well, so here's my question: You know, the Easy Glider. Let's make sure everybody knows this. The Easy Glider is in fact a true glider. It was never uh, meant to have a motor in the nose. It was just a glider it has a tow hook on the bottom, and so the Pro. I'm I'm guessing came out. Shortly after that, with a motor option, because I don't. No, there were two versions of that original Easy Glider. I had them both. There was a version that had a Speed 400 can motor with a gearbox. Really? And, and a spot that. to put nightcats. Yeah. Oh, son of a gun! I, I mean, I've just been focused on the glider portion, and the only other multiplex glider I had with a motor was the Easy Star. So okay. I never didn't didn't know that. I, mean, I guess at the time the Radian was also coming out, so a lot of people were flying that. Um, you know, I think for glider for gliders with a power motor, the the rating was more popular. So continue. Tell me about the Glider Pro and then the differences with the uh, four. Um, well, they're subtle. I think if you didn't have the original version, they you might not appreciate them as much. But uh, um, now the tail surfaces bolt on. You don't have to glue them in place, um, and you get a brushless motor with it, and. When you do the calculations, the power loading isn't that great. I think it's about 80 watts per pound. But it, whatever it is, it works well because it climbs quite well. I think um, like I can sustain a 45-degree climb out, no problem. And that's on a 3-cell 2100, 2200. Um, let's see what else is in there. Um, the ailerons come with – I guess there's different versions of this. There's a kit. There's plug-and-play, receiver-ready. Uh, I forget what all the versions are. I have the receiver ready, which means it has multiplex servos already installed. Um, the decals are already on it, so there's really not much left to do. The motor's already in it, and it includes a speed control. Um, but the connections from the ailerons to the main fuselage are hardwired into the, the wing sockets. So when you plug in the wings, the aileron connections are right there. You don't have to fish around for them. Hmm. On my glider the wings are 
only staying in with pressure. Is there some type of locking bolt mechanism? Or no, nope, it's the same. It's got the friction fit there and also you know how the wing roots kind of interlock. You have to force them together. Mm-hmm. That's the same too. See, now I modified mine and I added neodymium magnets on the insides of each root, wi- uh, root rib. So that adds a little extra you know, pulling power, I guess you'd say, to, to keep did, the wings together. Did you shave off the interlocking parts? Because sometimes that can be a little difficult to. No, no, I kept together. I kept them there. I just uh, I uh, you know I cut the magnets into the foam. Oh, because I've never had the feeling that that was going to come apart. Mm, okay. But all right. But I'll, now my easy glider. Oh, I might be. Gosh, hold on a second. I'm, I'm I might be confusing my easy glider with my new Easy Star Two, uh, because it has ailerons and it has. Uh, a, a servo connection plate in the uh, fuselage to plug mm-hmm. in the aileron, and I, I think that's on the Easy Glider, the original. So, <clears throat> are you saying there's no more like little slack of cord? It's just they're just two connectors that just slide right together. No, there's a little bit of a pigtail on the wing part, maybe I don't know an inch or two. But as you slide the wing on and you get the root close to the fuselage, you plug that little pigtail into the hard mounted female part, and then as you push the wing the rest of the way in, it takes up the slack from okay. the, the wing part. But is that, so it actually looks different, though, than the original Easy Glider? Yeah, it looks different, because huh. before, I don't remember, there was no provision to have that connection there. Mine, I just had the extensions coming off the wing, and you would fish them through the fuselage up to the receiver. Oh, wow. Okay, I need you to send me some photos of that, and I'll compare them to mine. Okay. I'd like to see that new connection. I, I mean, I love my Easy Glider. That that's probably the only thing lacking as far as the glider portion is that it needs a motor. But we have way more fun with that thing doing aero tow. So that's why I like my Easy Star for my powered stuff. Yeah. Well, this includes a folding prop, and so I would guess the weight difference is marginal between the powered version and the pure glider version. So you could just pop the blades off and have a glider. Oh, now you got ballast. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're still going to need a battery. Yeah. But again, I don't think it weighs much different than a pure glider. What? <laughs> what What size battery is it using? A 3-cell 2200. That's significant. Yeah. Compared to the, like the lifey battery that I use in mine. But let's face it, when we're flying those easy gliders, we're not trying to catch thermals. So we're, we're, we're just not shaving every ounce. We're just hoping the wings stay on when we tow it with a big <laughs> six-cell car. <laughs> yeah, when we do aero tow with the glider inverted and snap rolls and stuff. Yeah, were we doing aerobatics with it at one point on the tow? Yeah, I've got a video <laughs> was. Of, of us pulling my easy glider behind uh, my old cadet senior, and we're doing constant rolls while on the tow line. We when we when he says we, I'm going Terry. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> He's doing rolls in the fun. turn. He's <laughs> having fun. Uh, and then wait, Fitz, was it with you that you had that little? Uh, I, I want to say it was a skeeter, but it may have been something else. That I think I I may have damaged it when we were towing and we hit a hard turn, and maybe you lost something. <laughs> was it you or someone else? Um, we ha- it happened on takeoff. I think it flipped over just as we started taking off and inverted. Kind of I think we were trying to pull it with a T28. That might have been it, which was no. way over fast for it. No, I, there was someone, I remember we got caught or we couldn't release, so I think I had to to, to release from my glider. Either, either it was Orca or the Pawnee, and remember. someone had to land with the uh, tow cable still connected to their nose. I don't so. remember. It might have been us, but I don't know. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah. I'm sure. Okay, going back to the glider, though. So this, this is not an aero tow glider. I, I, I like it. I mean, what's the cost? What's the uh, investment in this? Oh, you would ask me that. I used to know. Uh, let me check real quick. I think now, it's $200. Now, while Terry's doing the research, I'd like to point out that I, I do like the multiplex kits. And in fact, uh, I mean, I'd highly recommend an easy glider. But someone had asked the other day, uh, what's a good starter airplane? And maybe we can kind of jump to that as a part of a mini topic here. But I think the Easy Star is a great first-time aircraft. And the fact is they still make it. You can get the a brushless version that now supports an outrunner. Like the one I have has an in runner, <laughs> you know, it was like eighty dollar in runner, but it's still, I mean, it's a great plane. But I love that plane, and I often take it to the beach and just have a blast with it. So, uh, big fan of the Easy Star, and the Easy Glider is good too. So I'll, I'll, I'll need to get my hands on one of these powered ones. Hmm. 
Okay, I found the information. The receiver-ready version that I have is 200 bucks, and that means you add a receiver and a flight battery. There's also a kit version, which I assume doesn't include any electronics, for 105 bucks. And there's also a ready-to-fly version, but I don't think they sell it in the States. That's only overseas. Hmm. So. <clears throat> um, I, I saw something. I don't know if that's correct or not, but does it come with some sort of free flight simulator? Or did I misread that? Oh, you know what? It does. I haven't used it yet. Huh, interesting. So, yeah, I need to check that out. I also saw they have this neat, really nice-looking uh, plane bag. I guess you can put the whole plane in this sort of zip bag, carry bag. That's an option. Yeah, it yeah. Come it's an option, but it looked yeah. kind of nice, actually. I saw that. I said, That's pretty neat. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention probably the best part for me, the canopy. Um, it has the same latching mechanism as most multiplex planes, where there's kind of a lip on one end and then those plastic snap connectors. Um, but the fuselage has a recess molded in, so A, you know which side the connectors are on, instead of having to guess whether it's front or back. And B, you can actually grab it without deforming the, the canopy. And there's a plastic part there, too, that helps you grab it. And, of course, we have to ask this question, where did you mount your cameras? <laughs> um, one on each wingtip, and then one each. Well, different modes. One mode is one on each wingtip. Another mode was with a camera on each wing, only about an inch or two outboard of the fuselage. And I was gonna put some on the fuselage, but I'm like, eh, I think the ones close in on the wing are probably good enough. So right now, only four holes drilled in the wing. <laughs> only four. Only four. <laughs> I I am surprised that uh, you you didn't try to acquire another canopy and then put a camera in the nose because that's um, very popular with the multiplex kits. People, you know, make mounts to replace the uh, the the stock canopy. Well, that's for people who want to do FPV, right? Or well, that or just have a nice view, you know, an unobstructed view. Well, on this one, the motor's in the front, so you you'd be looking through the prop. Oh, that's true. Never mind. I keep thinking about my glider. Yeah. Wah, well, uh, wah, wah. <laughs> the alternative is to climb and then shut the motor down, and then you get an um, an obstructed view. But see, I wasn't so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention is the canopy has some sort of veneer on it. it. I don't even know how to describe it. It has the texture of gaffer's tape, but it's right on the foam, and hmm. it must be clear because it looks like the color of the foam underneath. So I guess it makes it a little tougher. I'm not sure the exact purpose, but it's definitely I mean, unique from all the other multiple planes I've <laughs> You need to spray your entire plane with that rhino uh, truck bed stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> indestructible. <laughs> and 50 pounds. Yeah. yeah. It's so indestructible, it won't fly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I just got it a few days ago. It took me about an hour to get it ready, and yeah, it's been fun. I'm trying to get lots of flights in before the snow hits. Mm. All right. On that note, uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. And you yourselves shall take on new forms and go down into the computer to navigate its 10 million year program. Yes, I shall design this computer for you. And I shall name it also unto you. And it shall be called the Earth. So, Lee, I just understand that the Congress has uh, passed some sort of bill regards to the FAA and drones. Do uh, you have any thoughts on that? Thanks a lot, Fitz. I was really happy, and then you just kind of ruined the mood. Yeah, I have some things to say about it. You ready? Yes. Here's what I got to say. And not only that, it's a bunch of... Damn... <laughs> Sorry I asked. You've never even met his mother. <laughs> <laughs> you sure that's even anatomically possible? Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's uh, go on to a more happy topic, and that's flying yes. model airplanes. We Yay. all like to fly model airplanes. I doubt much is going to stop us from doing that, personally. And uh, one thing I saw... Oh, scuffle. Scuffle, yes. Scuffle. <laughs> I say, old chap... 
Well, one of the things I saw on the forums is somebody had posted a thread talking about the, some of the first RC airplanes you've ever flown. I thought, well, that's kind of a neat topic. And I thought we, we could have a neat discussion among ourselves about some of the first airplanes that we ever flew. Like RC airplanes, uh, not including control line or free flight or something goofy, paper airplane. But the, do you guys remember the very first RC airplane you ever flew? I think I do. You're excluding control line and anything else from the conversation? Yeah, yeah, because it kind of gets muddled and stuff. We're talking just RC airplanes. The f full freedom of three dimensions and no strings attached. Okay. I assume Lee has the most vivid memory of this. <laughs> Why, because I'm the youngest? <laughs> no, because you're very nostalgic. <laughs> yes. Because I don't have old-timers like you guys. <laughs> uh... Oh, I, it's, it's going to be a glider. And <laughs> the, the one I'm thinking about was, uh, I used to hand launch this, uh, pilot, pilot, uh, two channel glider. It was like a plastic fuselage, you know, balsa wings with a stick on covering. And I used to flow it, uh, excuse me, flow it, throw it out at the easement <laughs> next to our house. Probably not where I should have been because I think there's power lines over there. But we're just talking, throwing it for like 30, 40 feet in front of me. And I would do that forever. Uh, and then in, when my dad started building like the Aquila and the Olympic, that's when I started flying the bigger gliders. And uh, the one that I have is a uh, uh, the Astroflight uh, Monterey. Is it Astroflight or... Hold on a second. No, Airtronics, maybe? Airtronics, yeah, it's Airtronics. So it's a glider, but I think that blue one was my favorite. I'm pretty sure I smashed that one to pieces, too. So, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> you don't remember what it was? No, it was a, it was a Pilot Models glider. Oh, okay. I don't know the... I mean, Pilot made a lot of those little plastic yeah. model yeah. gliders and stuff. But it was fun. I mean, just, you know, and that was before I, I learned about a high start and stuff. But I, I would <laughs> constantly sit there and throw it to the point where I could get it to turn and come back at me, so... Uh, but yeah, a glider was a great way to start. <laughs> it's funny, I did something very similar early in my flying. Learning to fly was with a glider, kind of just like you did. But it wasn't my first plane, but that was a plane. That's how I pretty much learned to fly was with a glider like that. So the first plane that I remember ever flying, and it was a very short flight, <laughs> was, uh -oh. was something called a Pelican. This was a design that came out in the early 80s. It was first, I think, uh, plans in RCM magazine and then it was eventually kitted uh i think by parker planes if my research is correct and this was an interesting plane it was a low wing polyhedral rudder elevator powered by like an 049 or 010 kind of engine and i didn't build it i bought it used at the ram show when it used to be held in white plains new york uh i had a, a just a short story i had a really neat uh instructor in high school and he was kind of he was into model airplanes and he said hey there's this ram show uh with some of you students like to come with me to go to this model airplane show and of course you know my hand couldn't go up quick enough to right. go with him so me and i think another student we drove down because it wasn't a very long drive maybe an hour drive from where we were and and it, my first and only time i've ever been to the ram show and it was pretty neat experience and at the ram show they had sort of a, a swap meet section buy and sell and there it was. I recognized it because I remember having that issue of RCM magazine, and I, I immediately recognized what that plane was. And was there like a beam of light coming in through the window, shining right on it? Yes, it was like it, you, it, it spoke did to you me. Skip over to it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it says, I'm, "I'm yours. Take me." And so I, I think it cost like fifty bucks, which was uh, yeah, probably not an insignificant amount of money back in then. But I had it. And and I it, it departed me of the money, and I got a plane, and it was really neat. It had an engine, too, on it, so it was ready to fly, I think, except I don't think it had servos. I don't remember. Uh, but I bought it, and I didn't have a radio. I know I wanted to get into RC airplanes. I was just at the point where I think I had a part-time job, and I was just starting to get some of my own money. And uh, so I saved up, and I bought an old, do you remember the Aristocraft radios? Oh, yeah. I think they were made by what's now the high-tech company. Uh, but back then it had actually a fairly nice radio. It was like a six channel radio with a module, but it was dirt cheap. I think it was even FM. Uh, and it had a kind of an ugly case with sort of gold and green or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, and I was able to pick up one of those radios from a local hobby store. I think I might even bought it on consignment. 
uh, or what do you call it, payment plan. And so I had the radio, I had the plane, I got the various tools. And since I was familiar with running 049s, I was able to get it started. So I thought, okay, well, this is neat. Maybe I'll go practice at a local school parking lot just to kind of taxi the thing around, just kind of get the feel of it. Because remember at this point... Surround yourself with hard surfaces. Yes, surround myself with hard surfaces. And remember, (laughs) I had no idea how to fly. I was just thought this would be pretty cool, and I just kind of just play around with it. uh, Where was that instructor? what, What is this instructor you speak of? The one that took you to the Ram Show. Oh, oh. Uh, well, he was like from high school. He was like a shop instructor. Oh, I don't know where he was. I didn't ask him to come. Uh, and I don't, I didn't think to ask him actually. That's a good point. I probably should have asked him. Um, so are we beyond the days where you can go on a weekend trip with your shop teacher? Um, I don't know. Probably. Has the world moved past that? <laughs> it's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, because he was, he was actually pretty influential in, 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 you know, certain aspects of my life, how I went into aviation and engineering and that kind of stuff. So it was, I owe, I owe some credit to him. He was a really neat guy. Um, he was real laid back too. Uh, I remember him calling into my, him, he called me into his office once. And I thought, uh oh, what did I do? And he, he turns around on his desk, he opens up an issue of RCM magazine and says, hey, look at this new helicopter. I think you should get this. <laughs> <laughs> RCMs were kind of racy in the day on the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think some of them were controversial, too. But <laughs> I just thought it was funny. He's like, this new model helicopter. He thought it may be good for me to, to try out since I liked it. But anyways, so, so I'm texting around this thing in, in the uh, parking lot and it had an Enya 09 engine in it. And the Enya engines had these weird way of connecting the... Uh, it's kind of detailed, but to connect the carburetor, it had two screws that fit in. And post-flight analysis realized that one of these screws popped out of the carburetor, and the engine immediately leaned out to full throttle. And so basically, while you're taxiing, while I'm taxiing, and so I have no throttle control. It's at full throttle. I guess I had it rich enough that it just leaned out and stayed at full throttle. And so the plane veered off and took off. And I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm just hanging on to this thing. It goes up, it climbs up to maybe about 50 feet or so, maybe a little higher. And since it's in a climb, it, it runs out of energy and stalls. It comes straight down and then whacks the side of the school building. Oh, man. Yeah, that was my introduction to RC model airplanes was a 10-second flight and then smack into the school building. And uh, it didn't total the plane, but it messed it up pretty good. And I set it aside and decided, well, okay, maybe this is not what I want to try first. Let me try something better. And then I bought an electric airplane, and that's a whole other story. Wait, what year was this? Uh, 86, maybe-ish, So 87? electric was still a fringe kind of thing then. It was, and and I had the bright idea to try to learn on one. Right. Let's just so, say yeah, when they would barely fly with experts. Yeah. Or, it, yeah. Okay. Let's just say when I got done with it, it was more glue than plane. <laughs> but did it fly? Eventually, I did fly it. Yes. Okay. I eventually. Then, it, it, go ahead. It, it was by the time I by the time I crashed that thing a half a dozen times, I realized, okay, I'm doing this completely wrong, and I built a gentle lady glider, learned to fly in that, and then I revisited those other two planes later on when I knew how to fly. Okay. Yeah, that was probably a better strategy. Yeah, yeah. It was. Were there hills there in Connecticut? You were chucking the gentle lady off. Yeah, of? exactly. I went to a hill. I think there was a school near me that had a big hill, so I just chucked it off the um, hill and and got used to the controls until I got to the point where I could fly it around. Then I stuck an 049 power pod on it and flew around like that for quite a while. That really caught me the the basics of flying, and then I snapped the wing in half on the gentle lady. Doing loops. Yep, I was doing loops and rolls with it with 049 Power Pod, and the wing just wasn't designed for that. Yeah. You were stress testing it. Yeah, I was stress testing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we could look up the NTSB records on crash <laughs> I would think most of them had overstressed wings. <laughs> yeah, they were severely underbuilt. I, I think that people say if you build one now, make sure you reinforce the wings. It was probably adequate for gliding. Yeah, it was for gliding, but not for anything stressful. Even a high start, though, I think would kind of stress it if you're not careful. No. All right, your turn, Terry. All right, so 
Remind me of the, the limitations here. I can't talk about control line. No. Can't try talk, talk about free flight. Okay. We're talking RC. Right, this so is the RC round I'll table. Ignore my, go ahead. This is the RC round table. I want your story right. on the table but about RC. All right, fine. So I will not cover my earliest childhood flying half A and 35 size control line. Okay. We'll just ignore that. Maybe that's for another show. That'd be an interesting topic for another show because I did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say I was in um, elementary school or middle school when for Christmas I received a Goldberg Junior Falcon kit Ooh. and a used Orbit three-channel radio. Ooh, fancy. And if you're not familiar with the Junior Falcon, it's uh, 049 powered I guess it's just two-channel rudder elevator. And I don't remember what happened to that thing. We started putting it together, but we never finished it. And then at some point we moved. And so then later in middle school, I got a Great Plains P220 with an Airtronics radio. And that one I did build and got flying. And we went to a club and they helped us. We might have done one or two flights on it. And for some reason after that, we didn't fly it anymore. And not long after that, I got into RC cars. And the PT-20 went on the shelf. I <laughs> got into racing. Okay. And I did racing all through high school. And then when I finally graduated college and moved to Houston, I brought the PT-20 with me. The I guess, yeah, it was still original. I brought the PT-20 and most of my RC car stuff. And I was living in an apartment at the time, so I didn't want to mess around with a nitro engine. So I ended up hacking motors out of the cars and converted the PT-20 to an electric. Mm -hmm. And a guy that I worked with was into RC planes, so we went out to a field and yeah, this had I had no idea what I was doing, basically. I just put a car motor in with, a I think, a six-inch prop and a six-cell NICAD battery. And the darn thing actually flew, but because I wasn't a good pilot yet, I crashed it. And then rebuilt it and crashed it again. And then eventually, and this is going to sound familiar, I traded one of those RC cars at the hobby shop for a um, an Electra, which is a gentle lady. Yeah. And that's what I, I learned to fly with that. Interesting. And then, uh, yeah. And eventually I rebuilt the PT-20 again with a geared power system, and I made it a tail dragger, and, and it was a nice flying plane for a while. Hmm. And then that's the airplane that only a few months ago Lee gave me a hard time because I stomped on it and threw it in the garbage can. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still haven't forgiven you for that. Yeah. I still ache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess it, the third time was a charm. I went through two airplanes that didn't really do much until I actually you know, stuck with flying. Hmm. That's interesting. I actually built Electra too some years ago. I, I, I got... Uh, quite a few flights out of it. It was a pretty nice plane. It was basically a gentle lady, a beefed up gentle lady with a motor in the front, but it was uh, still a pretty nice plane. Yeah, it's hard to screw up. Yeah. I have two of them. Yeah? I have I have the first, my dad bought me an Electra kit that I built, and I still have it. It's a black one. I think you've seen it, seen it. And then I bought an ARF about, I don't know, 18 years ago. Hmm. Think about eighteen years ago. Yeah, they so. sold an RF eighteen years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember that. That's got, and 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 it's funny because I have a magnetic mayhem in it. <laughs> yes, direct drive. Classic. Uh, no, it's geared. Okay, I remember mine was direct drive with the, whatever the electric comes with mm-hmm. that Goldberg long can motor with a six inch prop. Yeah, and I didn't have a speed control at first. It was just the toggle switch, and you fly around till the battery gets low enough that the thing will actually come down. Mm. And then you have to run over to it and unplug it before things catch on fire. <laughs> yep, I remember those days. <laughs> well, yeah. the Electra that my dad gave me, I used the, the can motor that came with it. But now I have a AstroFlight brushed uh, planetary gearbox in it. Mm. Uh, nice. Brushless. Brushless, excuse me. I I don't know why I said that. So, yeah. And, and uh, I haven't floated in a while, but I do like it. You know, the, yeah. the Electra is the first plane I actually experimented with a gearbox on electric. Very early... It was some weird gearbox contraption I found, and um, I didn't use the right size prop, so it was only mildly successful. But it was I, it was interesting to, to play with geared setup instead of direct drive, which is the only thing I'd ever used before then. 
Right. Same thing. I don't remember if it was my Electra that I experimented with, but it probably was. But man, that really opened my eyes going from that little tiny six inch prop to like a 12 inch yeah. on the same motor. Yeah. Like, wow, watch this thing go now. Yeah. Yeah. I've got folding props on mine and I, I brought it out to uh, best about my Electra about three, four years ago. And I just sat in a chair and that was good times, man. That, that was the kind of stuff my dad and I would do. We just, uh, you know, sit around and do some thermal flying. Hmm. And crash through car roofs. Okay, that wasn't Electra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was an 049 we got at the hobby shop, and that was like the day my dad said, "We're never buying a used plane again." <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad. I've crashed into a car too. Can't say that I've crashed into a car. Uh, You've not, crashed into a school. I've crashed into a school. <laughs> I've crashed into power lines before too. 88 Magnum shoots through a school. <laughs> Name that movie. Johnny Dangerously. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> shoots through the house and the school and the kids or something like that. I'll uh, have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't watched that since the gentle lady was modern. Mm. That's cool. It's funny how we have uh, our stories of our first airplanes and how they're somewhat similar in a way. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. It's been such a fun hobby. I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't regretted it one bit, even all the ones I've crashed. Oh, yeah. It's all part of the process. Yeah. So did we ask this question in the past? What is the oldest plane you still have in your inventory, in your collection? And does it fly? Yeah, yeah I think you asked me that after I admitted to smashing a bunch of them. Oh. oh. What do you think, Fitz? What is your oldest aircraft that still flies? Actually, technically, I still have that Pelican, though it's at my parents' house, and I have no idea what condition it's in. It's probably, it may not be much, nothing left of it. Moth, moths might have gotten to it or something. I don't know. Um, I haven't been back in a while. I need to go back. and I've actually been thinking about it, and I, I would have entertained the idea of building another one, just scratch building one. And if I can at least recover the canopy, uh, then I'll, I'll probably pursue just scratch building another one and making it electric just for giggles. So technically I still have that somewhere. Okay. I still have my dad's Olympic uh, 99. Wow. With a huge well, under You have a, a lot of old planes, don't you? Uh, I mean, You've yeah. got the Livewire Champ? We've got the Livewire. I've got the uh, great plane. Well, back then it was the Britty Hobby Trainer 40. And I've got, you know, I've got like the Aquila kit, you know, that's the one I can't wait to rebuild. That's, that's going to be my, my time with dad, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or I'll pull out a picture of my dad and I'll build another Aquila because his was wonderful. I loved flying his Aquila. Still kind of mad at him for giving that thing away. <laughs> you know, another. Darn it. Okay. No, that's it. Oh, I just remember one, one of the other early planes I had, I might've gotten it before I got the second, the first electric. And this was a Kyosho Prelude 10, I think it was called. Oh, uh, that's another electric. No, no, this one was a gas. Okay. Did they have an electric version too? Yeah, I think they did. did Valencia? Or they something? had something similar. Um, but yeah, this was, this was gas, OS 10 sized. And it was interesting construction because the wing was built up, but the fuselage was foam that was covered in some sort of, um, uh, plastic laminate or something. Um, it actually turned out to be a really nice flying plane, and I flew it for a long time. Even back when we were in school, I flew it for a little while, and then I eventually snapped the wing in half, and that was the last of it. <laughs> that was a common threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, wings in half and fits go together like uh, chocolate and peanut butter. That's a good point. I think I've lost three or four planes because the wings got snapped in half. Huh. 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 I wonder if there's a trend. But anyways. <laughs> Can they build a spar strong enough for fits? <laughs> we have the technology. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Thanks for the, the entertaining my idea on that. Uh, great stories, guys. All right. So this weekend I'm having another boating event. Uh, I've had uh, several in the past here locally. And uh, they, they've started to become actually kind of popular. We just a bunch of us, we gather together and fl run our RC boats in the lake and, and or pond, actually. It's a really nice little pond that I found near where I live. And it evolved from seeing a few of my fellow RC plane clubmates bring RC boats to the club meeting. And I thought, hey, we, there's a bunch of us have boats. We should have a little get regatta get-together for boats and stuff. And it's turned to be 
uh, fairly popular now. We've got guys coming in from across town that'll come up, show up and run there some boats and they have, they show up with some really neat stuff. We've got, you got steamboats and military vessels and all kinds of neat stuff. So having another one this weekend. And finally, it looks like I'm going to be able to drag Lee down here to participate with us. Well, that's not fair. It wasn't like I didn't want to go. It just, you know, I've got those kids that need attention oh. you know, and food. <laughs> you see them all the time. <laughs> However, that being said, I will be bringing not only my oldest son, Austin. Oh, really? Be, uh, yeah. Austin's coming down. He'll be sailing the uh, the uh, Paradise. Mm. Uh, but I'm also bringing our buddy Ben Warren, who wants to come down and take a look at this uh, event. All right. So we'll, be car- we'll be carpooling together. Oh, that sounds great. Does yeah. Ben have a boat? He doesn't. However, I've got a couple of extra sailboats from my buddy Chuck, so I'll be bringing my Dragon 65 with the B-sail, and I'm going to let him use one of the Vicks, the Victorias. If the wind's not too bad, a Victoria will, will do okay, but if it gets over 10, we're going to have to just uh, sail the Dragon. Yeah, it looks like it might be a little on the breezy side, according to the predictions. We'll have to see, but... Uh, uh... But we can, it sounds like a whole bunch of sailboats to show up. I'm going to bring my sailboat as well. So You need someone to make one of those Coast Guard boats that can roll over <laughs> in the water. <laughs> it just always stays floating. Yeah, the escape boats, what do they call those things? Yeah, yeah just fill it, fill, inject it with all that, that insulation foam you can get at Home Depot. <laughs> just have it pouring out the sides, the windows, and then yeah, just throw it out there. Hey, I've done a drop test on one of those boats before. Go oh, have you? Yeah, they had a facility out at where I worked for NASA and they they had a big tank where they dropped these boats to see how they would stabilize and I got to sit in one while they dropped it. What was that like? Um, pretty non-eventful actually. Oh, yeah? A whole lot of fuss for, you know, not much excitement. Mm. Well, anyway. Well, I look forward to having a boating event again. This is the last one for the year and, and uh, the weather was looking kind of iffy early in the week but it looks like it's going to be very low chance of rain now so and pretty decent temperatures so other than maybe a bit breezy it should be a good day for running yeah if we're lucky because i'm looking at the weather map right now it's uh, it's coming up to 15 even showing 18 at five o'clock but you're going to be done by noon right yeah yeah we usually peter out by noon it, it's no hard so, cutoff date usually when people just get tired and go and leave and usually well, at first they were cutting out maybe about 11 o'clock or something and then the last time people were still there about one two o'clock so it really depends on the conditions what people feel like. Uh, so that's glad you're coming now. I look forward to seeing you and Ben again, and, and uh, it's great your son tag along. You can well, maybe a- we should te- teasingly say it. Another reason why Ben's coming down to see you. Oh <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> this is good. This is, this is yeah, a- yeah. I like boats. Uh, what time do we get there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Do you know what's happening, Terry? I don't know if Terry knows. I know about the swap meet find. Oh, okay. Then yes, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have an exchange of goods. Well, tell them. Tell them. This is a good <laughs> yeah, story. Oh, okay. That leaves it way too wide well, open. Well, I, I don't know. We, we, we alluded to it in one of our, one of our earlier podcasts uh, about it best, how uh, Ben kept kept trying new and inventive ways of conning us out of one of our <laughs> <laughs> our little F20 EDFs. He really took a liking to them because there was three of them. We had you, Lee, myself, and Jeff had... Both the same plane, the uh, F the F twenty Tiger Sharp by uh, Great Plains, which is a really nice flying little plane, and just Ben was completely smitten over them, and he tried all kinds of ways to con us out of one, and we just wouldn't we wouldn't budge. Said, no, ours. Uh, and so there was a local fly-in and swap meet here in my end of town, and we're there looking around, and Jeff says, "Hey, there's F twenty on the ground there. Wasn't that guy Ben looking for one?" I'm like, "Oh well, yeah, you're right." And so we, we pick it up. It looked like in decent shape. We asked the guy how much you want it for. And he said, ah, 45 bucks. It was like, and I open it up and it's got this E-Flight 60 amp speed controller in it that in by itself is worth 45 bucks. Yeah. And then of course the plane had all the servos in it and motor and stuff. It's like, yeah, here, shut up and take well, my money. And for me, what it was is Fitz sent me a picture of it, and all I wrote back was, buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I was a little apprehensive at first. Well, let me, let me talk, call Lee, because I didn't have Ben's, I don't think I had Ben's contact. Or maybe I did, but I couldn't remember. Um, so I called Lee, and yeah, Lee's one line was, buy it. <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> Said, okay. I mean, it was a, what a steal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it was a good that, deal. 
Ben was really excited. I called him up and I sent him teasers. I, I zoomed into just a part of the red and he was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I kept zooming out and zooming out. And then finally it was the whole tiger shark. And he's like, okay, what about it? I said, it's yours. And he's like, no, I don't have one. And I was like, dude, I just got you a tiger shark with the help of my buddies. So anyway, Ben's coming down also. I mean, I'm sure he's going to go look at the boats, but he can't wait to get his hands on the F-20 that you're holding. <laughs> Don't let him fly it at the park. No, 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 no flying at the park. <laughs> Wait, does it, does it come with floats? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right at the approach to Ellington Field. Yeah, yeah, it's flying verboten there for several reasons. So, so that's neat. So, yeah, uh, lots of re- hey, uh, Fitz, how many boats do you how many boats normally show up? Uh, we had at least a couple dozen last time. Cool. Yeah, it was a lot. Do you have retrieval boats? Um, no, but usually we can push back to shore with one of the boats hanging around. We got all kinds of power boats there, so somebody push it back. Although one at one point somebody got stuck, I think, and some guy jumped in the water to pull the boat back. He, we you didn't think ask. They'd have a hard time if you took a kayak or something out there. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the rules of the the place. Um, I don't remember if they said you can do that or not. I'm, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make one of those retrieval boats we saw in Chicago. Oh you know, yeah, that, the that, kind that of EDF. That little EDF boat. I bought a whole bunch of blue foam with the whole with the intention of doing that because I've got a spare EDF fan from a uh, a Link. Is that right? A Lynx. It's a God. Was it Hobby Lobby that? Oh yeah, Hobby Express that. made that. It was a, yeah. it was a Lynx, right? So I've got yeah. a spare motor. I might have fun with it. I'll I'll set up something. Yeah. But I think that was kind of cool. I think it's a great little retrieval yeah. system. So what's the point of making it an EDF? I can see if you were going to be driving it around weeds and stuff. Oh, the blade. So because if you're get, retrieving a sailboat, you want to get caught in the lines. Oh, okay. Good point. But I think those were originally designed for seaplanes, weren't they? Those retrieval boats? No, it's just got a, it's just a U-shaped hole. Oh, okay. I guess for maybe gas boats. Yeah. Or gas boats, yeah. But they they fit inside the wedge, you know, the yeah. the yeah, but horse. We really haven't Horseshoe. Very, yeah. Usually we just push them back to shore with another power boat. It hasn't been a problem, but yeah, we need to see if he can bring a retrieval boat. That's awesome. Who was telling me that you pushed a power boat back to shore with a sailboat? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was out with somebody. We were just playing around, and his power boat died at a speed controller or something. This might take a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I, was, I was out with the sailboat. That's all I had was a sailboat. So I just kind of came around and pushed him back to shore a couple of times. It was more of a bump. Kind of a bump in this direct, general direction in the push, but it, it worked eventually. It's the the buddies that you have there. Do y'all ever have racing? Are they are any of those guys members of a regatta that may meet up to do racing? No, we're not. Although one guy did show up who seemed to be a member of one of the regatta groups in town, so he was handing out some flyers. Uh, so at some point, maybe a couple of us have the Kyosho Fairwinds or Seawinds. They're both models. Yeah. One's bigger than the other. One, we have the same size. There's like three of them now, I think. So we could like have an impromptu something, but probably wouldn't compete to your, um, your 65s that you have, Lee, your, uh, um, the Dragon Force. Dragon Force, yeah. So what, what are you bringing out? What's your, uh, I will bring out, of course, a sailboat. Uh, I've got, uh, uh, several power boats. I've got a really, really old, uh, Gropner powerboat I bring out uh, and I've picked up I was I gotten a couple of little oh, I wish I could remember the name of them one of them is a self-riding little speedboat that is fast as heck um, I just got running it's got a brushless motor in it the thing is only about eight inches long or something or maybe a foot long yeah, a foot long sorry really small really fast um, I, wish I wish I could remember the name of it that I restored, somebody gave it to me, and I kind of fixed it up, got some new parts for it, and uh, that's that's really neat. And uh, I'll probably dig out my submarine, bring that out as well. (laughs) Uh, My unpainted submarine, one of these years i got to paint the damn thing. Well, I'll bring the probe. Why? (laughs) Why would you paint a submarine? (laughs) Well, it's a a German World War II submarine, and right now it's basically white. painting the inside of your walls. (laughs) Because you can see it when it's not in the water. Uh, it needs painting. It's, 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 I, I built it just enough that it runs, but I really need to paint it in detail. It's, it's missing all the, the, the handrails and the periscope detail and some other stuff. You know, if, if the cub didn't have to have covering, 
to to make the wing fly. I think Terry would just leave everything wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> he just covered the top of the wing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you guys uh, uh, tomorrow. As a matter of fact. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and for this recording, it'll been it had yeah. would have been a couple of days ago. Yeah. So we'll follow up with our event, and I'll be posting photos because I'll bring my camera gear. So, what's the name of this big regatta? Um, Fitz's Wonderland <laughs> of surprises. We've we've gone over several different names, and I wish I can't remember what I. I think I changed the name recently. Um, I used to call it a boat float, I think, and I think the Calypso. The Calypso. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can come up with. The boat float. I'm terrible with names. I'm absolutely terrible. <laughs> Have Let's water, have water, bring boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> BYOB. <laughs> Look, T- Terry and I are giving you some great ideas. So the next time you host this thing, we want a really cool name <laughs> for the event. Uh, okay, I'll have to come up with some cool, like um, uh, the amazing Fitz's boat regatta or something. I don't know. Uh, maybe we have the uh, listeners respond and, and give us their suggestions. Yeah, I'm open to suggestions, always. If you ever think of a good name, please let me know, because I'm terrible with names. And while we're and while we have our listeners' ears, if you guys have some other topics you'd like us to address, some questions or tools or gadgetry or air, new aircraft that we always seem to skip, let us know. We'll, we'll attack them. Sometimes we we need other ideas <laughs> besides our own. <laughs> Speaking of branching out, one of us has been moonlighting. Damn him. Well, just a little side venture. Uh-huh. It, it starts little. <laughs> yeah, I'm more concerned that he kept it a secret from us. I just, it's like yeah. he didn't want us to I know. I just didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't realize... It's not really, well, it's RC in a sense, but it's more esoteric side project that I've been working on. You hear him squirmingly? I hear him. Yeah, the nervousness in his voice. Yeah, when we start seeing more and more of Fitz on the 8-Bit Guy show, then I think we're just going to have to pull out those contracts. Remind <laughs> him, you know, he's, he, he signed a five-year contract. Yes. Do we need to check his phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've... All right, so. Enough teasing. What did you do? All right. So I was on the 8-Bit Guy. He's, um, as you never heard of him, he's a very well-known YouTuber that talks mainly about old classic computers from the 80s and 90s. He also has very interesting projects he'll do. He'll restore computers, repair them. He'll, it's Nerdvana. It's kind of Nerdvana for those people who, oh, like, remember those days of playing with their Commodore 64 or Apple or, or something like that. Uh, but he's, he's actually a really interesting guy, and he does some really neat stuff. And he's he's got a huge following. I think he's got, what, half a million subscribers right now yeah. now did we talk about that when we did our uh, sae event show i don't think we because did. we all three of us went and visited his studio that same trip yes yeah, so we went up to visit him at his uh his studio because i was curious as a, a you know, buddy youtuber myself about his video setup and stuff and because he had offered he said hey if you ever in the area you can stop by and visit me i, I get visitors all the time so i said well i'm gonna take him up on that offer and all three of us while we were up at the sae event Popped over to his place and um, had a pretty good time talking to him and looking at his setup. Yeah, I think we probably stayed longer than he anticipated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but was was funny though. While we were there, he, I noticed on the shelf he had this little toy of canine from the old Doctor Who show. Uh, if you remember Doctor Who, had this little talking dog, uh, the Tom Baker, a guy with a long scarf, and it was an artificial intelligent companion that he would talk to and stuff. And I said, hey, you know, I like your canine. I have a big one, a full-size one that I built as a replica prop. And, and he said, well, that's kind of neat. Uh, you know, I'd like to see a picture of it sometime. And that was kind of it until I went home and I sent him a link to a video of it. And he replies, says, wow, that's a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, we should have it on the show sometime. And I said, yeah, sure. Next time I'm, I can get up in the area, I'll bring him up and we can... I can show you all the features, and and you can take some video and that kind of stuff. And so over the past year, we've been kind of going back and forth. I moved and that kind of stuff, and I was busy, and he was busy. We finally found an open weekend, and so I I trudged up my little canine dog up there. You've seen some pictures probably on the 
on our Facebook pages. And uh, we had a all day photo uh, video session, and we he videotaped this and that, asked me questions, and we kind of spoke to the camera and that kind of stuff. And it turned out he was a little apprehensive at first that we'd have enough material to talk about it, but after he realized all the kind of stuff I did to the thing, uh, and and at, and traveling to another group of people to show them as well and one of the makerspaces <laughs> sorry he, he showed him the plumage of the canine the plumage <laughs> <laughs> he, he was doing a little fancy dance to gain his yeah. affection <laughs> so yes he he wooed the eight-bit guy i wooed the eight-bit guy <laughs> so he said okay well, i'm gonna make a video of it and the video just went live like last night i think it was and uh, I had to say, he, he got a lot, a lot of positive reaction to it. People people that said they had no idea what that was or weren't even Doctor Who fans really enjoyed the video. He put together a real nice video of uh, us talking, the features, driving around. I sent him some video and footage of the construction, and he, he added that into there. So he did a real good job editing it all together and making something that was pretty entertaining to watch, I think, if I say so myself. And yes, I'm on there talking about K-9 and all his little features. And uh, so uh, I... I I've had some some ongoing conversation with some of his uh, viewers on his YouTube page back and forth, and some trickled over to my page. I've had some back and forth, so uh, the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, of course, the, you know, the internet being the internet, you got a couple of knuckleheads that just want to say something stupid. But uh, I've been really happy with the results, and I'm really glad the opportunity to uh, uh, join him for in the collaboration on it. Hey, hey, Fitz. Just to be honest with you, it was a really nice uh, interview. You uh, you presented it very well. I, I really enjoyed it, and you already have thirty six thousand views since yesterday. It hadn't even been a day yet. Wow! And it's it's really neat. So I compliment you on all your hard work to do that because I really did not know how much I know that you had the dog, but once I saw the video, man, that's very impressive. Oh, thanks. Yeah, same here. I knew about it, but didn't realize how much you would put into it. That's crazy. He's been a labor of love. Thanks. I appreciate the comments. I, I just, over the past several years, I've been just tinkering with them here and there and adding little bits and pieces and, uh, and just kind of, you know, I get an idea. I say, I wonder if I can make this work. And then I bang on it for a little while and, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> or it mostly worked. <laughs> Uh, you think you'd have nicer airplanes? Oh. <laughs> yeah, in between building the airplanes and stuff, you know. I can't believe you went there, Terry. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is uh, great. Yeah, bite me. <laughs> uh, I am working on the next thing. I'm working on is voice recognition on them. So I actually, oh. I actually had a prototype kind of semi working on the bench, but I couldn't get them integrated in time to be be on the video. So, but. One of the next things. Well, so I'd like how to much see... headroom is left? I mean, is the volume of this thing filled up, or is there still plenty of room oh, to grow? Oh, there's plenty of room to grow, yeah. There's, there's lots of stuff to grow. I want the laser to work. Can you get that <laughs> People keep saying that. <laughs> you know, actually, I do have a little solid-state laser module that I can put in there uh, that I just haven't gotten around to playing with yet, so... You can, you can pop balloons, you know, those little yeah. <laughs> tiny ladies, just put a balloon out there and just go pop. But the last thing I need is some, some kid to go look at his nose and then I blind him because he got a laser. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the light's good enough. And that's funny, I'll do that at shows, I'll pop the gun out and, you know, hit that laser sound and light. And believe it or not, little kids will react to that pretty pretty spectacularly. And I'll chase them around, they'll run around and hide behind their parents and stuff. <laughs> it's a lot of fun harassing people at shows. Have you ever had an instance of somebody getting overly zealous with it? Uh, I haven't seen personally somebody do it, but I had somebody told me that somebody did that once. Where um, I was, we had it at a booth, and I stepped away for a few minutes. And when I came back, a guy says, "Yeah, this guy comes up, and I told him you can pet him." And he'll wiggle his tail, but the guy just grabbed the whole head and started jerking the head around, almost pulled it off. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. And I've had people trip over him. I had his top of his head get pulled off by somebody's costume. It was like a Wonder Woman costume or something. And her lasso pulled the head off. Uh, and this happened while I was driving him around using an FPV camera, so I wasn't anywhere near him. Uh, so I'm looking at the video monitor. Suddenly the video monitor just goes crazy. It looked like he got kicked over about five times. And I'm like, oh my god, what the hell just happened? And we had to go running around the convention floor to find him because I didn't wasn't exactly sure where he was. <laughs> what kind of FPV were yeah. you? Using? Here, wait, this is the best part. Fitz is going, Canine, Canine, where are you? <laughs> 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 
So, and and what did Wonder Woman flee the scene? No, no, she didn't. She was she stayed there. She was real apologetic. She didn't really see him. It just it was one of those chance things. And she was she was worried that she hurt him. But the way he's designed is he's his head is kind of designed to slide off. So I, the top of his head that is part of his head. So it, he didn't really damage anything per se. So I just had to put him back That's together. Good. You don't want to pick a fight with Wonder Woman. No, 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 no. But she was real nice. That's good. So, so yeah, good work, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Good work. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but he's he's controlled by my uh, uh, high tech Aurora Nine channel radio. It's the primary. Control. Yeah, I thought I saw a glimpse of that on there. Yeah, is it is that transmitter dedicated to K nine? Yeah, it's the. Yeah, once I got uh, so I got a nine X from somebody, and so I did that me from you. That's right. So once I got the nine X from you, then I dedicated the older nine just for that. Uh, so I keep it separate, uh, and I use all nine channels. <laughs> I believe it. I can't believe it was just nine. Well, it isn't. All nine channels on the radio, plus another twelve channels on a separate remote that just has a push button remote. <laughs> He's got a special transmitter in his shoe. He wiggles his toes. <laughs> yeah, so technically I have two transmitters for the thing. I kind of stick one transmitter to the other transmitter so I can drive him around and press buttons and things. It's a little cumbersome, but it works. Maybe before we're all dead, we'll have little helmets we can wear and control them that way. <laughs> I wanted to get um, the future plan is to have a little handheld controller that can do the basic stuff that, that, that I can hide. And so... I can walk around with my hands in my pockets or something, and he can drive around, and people will wonder who's driving him. But that's one of those things that maybe may, may or may not get to. Who knows? It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, thanks for sharing that, Fitz, because I uh, I was surprised and well, pleasantly surprised. How's that? Oh, thanks. He's a good dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we're done here for today. You guys got any last thoughts? Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yep. Same bat. Send us your com- send us your names for Fitz's boating events. Send us your topics you'd like us to cover, and if there's any new aircraft out there coming out, let us know if you'd like us to review it. But not next week. The week after that. All right, Mister Technical. <laughs> well, <laughs> the last three episodes have been weekly. Anyways, Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Love hate relationship. <laughs> Mr. Pedantic aside, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.